0: Well, I guess this was an election where a lot of the media's worst fears or media observers, people that comment on the media, some of their worst fears came true. The vote was close. Donald Trump falsely claimed that he had won and that the election was being stolen. There was fraud, apparently, in his mind. There were plans. This was pretty well signalled. He He'd said pretty much that he was going to do this. He was laying the groundwork to cast down on mail-in ballots, which, of course, are perfectly re- legitimate and uh, have a series of protections in place place, which I won't go into. But two of the biggest social media organisations, Facebook and Twitter, they said they'd add warnings if anyone claimed victory prematurely. Of course, that was going to be Donald Trump. Both of those followed through when he did claim victory prematurely, uh, just adding election information below his tweet in his Facebook post, uh, reassuring people that uh, things were actually, the results were legitimate, they were still being counted. Now, they didn't actually flag the tweet as false or misinformation, they didn't flag the Facebook post is misinformation, that would have been an option. But the media as well, the mainstream media was faced with a choice. You know, do you amplify Trump's statements? And if you do, how can you do it responsibly? Now the journalism professor Jay Rosen, he advocated a truth sandwich, so you go kind of, you know, truth statement. The election is not in dispute, this is actually going this is all going to plan. Uh, Donald Trump has said it's a fraud. Uh, that's not the case. That's essentially what he advocated It's a good
1: idea, because if you've just turned on the television or the radio, you want to know that, don't you?
0: Well, this is a problem when you have misinformation constantly being pumped out. Uh, How do you cover it in a way that doesn't end up just uh, being irresponsible and misinforming your viewers? Uh, And so some networks actually did follow that formula, and pretty exactly, actually. So this is Jake Tapper on CNN before Trump's address. (laughs) But at the same time, it is important, as Jim notes, that if the president comes out and says that the election's being stolen from him, that he has won, that is not true. That is not accurate. There was Jake Tapper before the address, first part of the truth sandwich. This is Jake Tapper after Trump's address. But what President Trump just said was undemocratic and false and premature. It is not accurate to say that he won. We do not know who won this election, and uh, I have to say, Dana, it's, it's not a surprise, but still, years into this presidency, uh, I find it shockingly disappointing. Now, that's Jake Tapper on CNN. His colleague, Jim Acosta, was even more strong. He said this. Absolutely. And, and Jake, I think our founding fathers are probably rolling in their graves right now. Uh, they did not envision a president of the United States delegitimizing an American election, and that is what the president just did a few moments ago. It's historic, and it's historically awful. So that's pretty strong from Jim Acosta at CNN. Now, a few other networks did have people that were as strong as those two on this. Now, this is going to be criticized as partisan stuff, but what they're saying is actually the case. You know, Trump's claims were false, Uh the election is not a fraud. <laughs> it's not being, he's not being scammed. He hasn't won. Uh, and so this is just the media's responsibility to call out. Now, even his Trump surrogate, Chris Christie on ABC, actually said, you know, he had no claim to fraud. Uh, and that was e- e- echoed by uh, the ABC's senior politics correspondent, Terry Moran. Uh, to Moran, and he said this. Well, this isn't law, George. This isn't politics. This is theater.
1: And let's be blunt. It's the theater of authoritarianism. This is this, what is happening right now. Every American knows uh, that when you cast a vote validly,
0: it should be counted. The president of the United States, no matter what he says, is trying to
1: stop the counting of valid votes. Interesting too, because Mike Pence, after David Trump's, uh, David Trump's, <laughs> after Donald Trump's speech, he was more circumspect. Mm. He did balance it out in himself.
0: I think that's probably been their dynamic in general, even through the COVID nineteen crisis, where he he's trying to position himself as more of a voice of reason, right, uh, or at least a slightly more respectable alternative to. Donald Trump. This is not This is not just, um, this is not minor stakes here. This is actually someone trying to undermine a democratic election. And so the media has a pretty big responsibility on its hands to actually call out the falsehood here. It might not work.
1: How did we do here in New Zealand?
0: Now, some media organisations around here employed something like that truth sandwich. I'm thinking about RNZ's Checkpoint, And they put out a tweet saying that Donald Trump's claim was extraordinary, false and likely to stir up dangerous emotions among his supporters. That's true. It is likely to do those things. Uh, others, others failed, not just here. So the AP, the AP is this big uh, agglomeration. It, 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 it sends out news stories that are used by news organisations all around the world. Their headline for this was, Trump touts wins in key states, says he will fight election in Supreme Court. Now that's a very neutral headline, it's a very nonpartisan headline, and it doesn't reflect in any way what actually took place. Uh, Because Trump didn't just tout his wins in key states, he touted his wins in states that he hadn't won, and he said that he'd won the election when he hadn't. And he said that fraud was being committed against him. So that headline, though it does sound quite non-partisan, is actually not true. And there were networks around here that also opted to pump out misinformation. Just here in New Zealand, News Hub gave a platform to uh, Amy Baker-Benjamin, who's an AUT law lecturer, and she defended some of Trump's statements, and she falsely claimed that voter fraud is rife. Uh, So get on your tinfoil hat and get ready to listen here.
1: If they really wanted to add a dose of integrity, they would require that any melon ballots be in by, let's say, 6 p.m. by the election day, Okay, Not that they come in and can be counted two, three, day, four, five, because what's going to happen and what the fear is is that when today is over, the Democrats will know precisely the number of ballots they need to produce in order to win. That's the problem without having...
0: That's Amy Baker-Benjamin on News Hub, and she was given this day-long commentary slot where she got to say things like that. Now that's, of course... I I don't understand how that conspiracy would actually take place. It would would assume that Democrats obviously have control over all of the election-counting volunteers, the scrutineers, in 50 different states. And I'm not sure that the Democrats have shown any real capacity to organise themselves in quite that way. They haven't really won a whole bunch of elections lately. It's not even the only conspiracy theory that Amy Baker Benjamin apparently subscribes to. She's also written a law paper where she argues that there's good evidence that 9-11 was an inside job. She was News Hub's correspondent, uh, and, and and this is this is an odd thing. There was no pushback on that as well from News Hub's uh, political team. Their their presenters, there's no one except for Josie Pagani. At the end of the day, that she actually got through most of the day just talking to Paul Henry and him just accepting what she said. And so I, I fear that if we actually got a. a scenario like the US has over here where we had someone just making false statements, then we would actually fall into some of the traps of the US media where we just cover it in a non-partisan both sides way and end up publishing misinformation if this is how we handle this election.
1: Just book the commentator and let them run.
0: Yeah. At the mouth. Oh, well, if you've got one commentator (laughs) on one side and you've got one commentator on the other side, then you're good to go. Right, that's the philosophy. The, The issue here is that the Republican Party in the US has actually fallen down a huge rabbit hole of conspiracy and misinformation. And so you have this, what, I've talked about before asymmetric reporting of uh, uh, symmetrical reporting of asymmetrical realities, which is a fancy way of saying that essentially the Democrats have normal problems and the Republicans have really major ones at the moment. And if you report them as just equal, uh, then you're actually distorting the truth.
1: I assume they're going to be going through the night. There'll be specials on New Zealand media through the night. Yeah, I wonder.
0: Yeah, well actually I Perhaps I better th- put a question mark <laughs> that,
1: there. Actually no, I don't
0: I don't think so. Uh, has everyone so gone to sleep now. Everyone is actually dropping out of the coverage now. I'm sure that there will be actually some more. Uh, I will say this for news hub's coverage. At least it was competent. It was well run, you had good crosses to Paddy Gower in the States, you had good stuff from Tova doing election map. T V and was a little bit of a shambles. And so uh you actually had uh, the 4 p.m. news special that was just kind of padded out with all of these weird packages. There's one on the Herald's cartoonist Roddy Emerson. Very interesting. Uh, not sure it was actually really incisive coverage that was needed in the middle of a knife-edge election. But uh, hang
1: on. Did that have anything to do with the election? Oh, he was
0: talking about how he draws John, Donald Trump. Oh, that's uh, oh well, yeah, fair There enough. was a Simon Dello voiced uh, package about married people who support Trump and Biden, and there was a, a Delo package explaining the Electoral College. Now, it was it felt like padding. I'm sorry, when I was watching it, and there was also a, just a few hitches in the coverage. This is Simon Dello just getting confused about a cross. All right, we're going to take a little break, we're going to go actually, no, we're not going to take a break, we're going to keep going, but we're going to dip into the coverage from ABC, our broadcast partner. This is what's happening. At the moment, this is a Black Lives protest, a Black Lives Matter protest that we're observing here. Everyone's
1: upbeat, carrying
0: carrying instruments, which is much better than the alternative.
1: Mind you, I have to say on checkpoint, did you watch the cross to the US outside the White House? And, oh, I'm sorry, and, uh, I missed it. Oh, there I, was... I had a
0: lot of I had a lot of different coverage all happening at once, and I think <laughs> I missed a lot. But yeah.
1: There was uh, there was somebody protesting carrying a very rude sign. Oh, yes, yes. which I was I, laughing at the whole way I through. Could, it's an appendage. It was an appendage. Yes, it was an
0: appendage in the background of the
1: shot for quite some time. For
0: quite and, some time. Uh, that's a visual story. You can probably get a tweet of that somewhere.
1: Did Simon Dello get it right though? Was did they go there? Where that music was.
0: Uh, I think that the essay did catch... There was actually a lot of just them going to the ABC coverage, and so that was happening there. Uh, It was a little bit of a weird segue in general, sort of uh, as opposed to the alternative. It sounded like that was uh, not going into a good place for Simon Delo. At one point, TVNZ actually just crashed into an episode of Location, 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 played it for five minutes, and then crashed out of Location, Location. (laughs) So this is that happening. Ohio, a tremendous state, a big state. I love Ohio. Feeling inspired to tackle some DIY at yours? Do it with Ryobi. Proud to bring you Location, Location, Location. This week, we're off to the country. Can't go to cricket this afternoon because it's raining.
1: On the hunt for the good life. I'm just wondering where the chickens might go.
0: But we're getting stuck in the mud. So those were not the same show happening. That was Location, Location, Location just crashing into Donald Trump's... (laughs) It's like a uh, comedy show. (laughs) ...misinformation session.
1: What else has been happening in election world? What happened uh, on CNN? John King. Now, he's
0: a bit of a star of the show. He's actually a star just about every election for his fast way of talking. But he was about the only person in the world that was loving the election. And he was... Uh, highly commented on for the way that he covered it. Uh there were plenty of shots of him just in the background messing with his beloved touch screen. And you could just see how he loved this touch screen. He was uh messing with it all day and he loved to do that. And so this is an example of him at work. Yeah, if you get this, you're knocking at the door, right? You get this, then you need one of these. Right? If this one let's just leave this one off the board, we think it's gonna be the slowest to count. Right? If we're waiting on that, bang bang 269 great <laughs> what did you what did you make of that so this that was better with a visual but even so he's just he's just pointing at the states and making them go different colors and and and, and creating these different maps that would give a Biden victory or Trump victory uh, you'd have to have a pretty uh, I guess encyclopedic knowledge of U.S. geography to actually understand which states he's even talking about some of the some of the time, but uh, John King nevertheless was having a lot of fun, and uh, he appeared to be the only person loving the election. This is him just saying, "The election is very exciting." Now we'll see where it ends up. That's what makes tonight exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Of course. Many people around the world have disagreed with John King. It's not exciting. It's not fun, as he often would say it was. Uh, The tight election was, for many people, quite nerve-wracking and actually existentially terrifying for some. Uh, Of course, can't always be fun. Now we're watching the possible death of democracy in the US if things go really badly. We do have a president trying to undermine the ongoing results of an election. Uh, The question is whether the media will retreat from just covering a kind of both sides journalism long enough to report what's actually taking place.
1: And it's going to go on for a few more days yet, as David mentioned, uh, and all of the commentators know because of this voting. So it's not over yet. We have days and days of this for the media to report on. So you'll have a great show on the weekend, no doubt.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. It will go on for days and it'll be a knife-edge thing. Of course, there's absolutely no guarantee that President Trump will accept the victory and so uh, will accept defeat if uh, Biden actually does win those two battleground states that he needs.